He's hurt. On third and long, Prescott runs it up the middle. 15, 10, 5, diving to the run. Welcome to the 2020 NFL Draft. As their fans well know, the sum total of their stars make up a galaxy. Their record is envied, and their innovations copied down to the last glamorous detail. They appear on television so often that their faces are as familiar to the public as presidents and movie stars. They are the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Oh, my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, calm. everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Avengers! Assemble. Welcome back. It's the Zero to 100 Podcast. I am your host, William C. Walker Jr. Episode 101. It is draft. It is schedule release. Talking Cowboys. So, in this episode, I'm joined by my brother, Corey, and we go over our reaction to the 2023 Dallas Cowboys draft class, uh, sharing our thoughts on the players that, that the Cowboys drafted, and then we also, uh, this past Thursday, the Dallas Cowboys uh, full 2023 NFL schedule was released. And me and my brother uh, go through it uh, game by game. And we give our prediction on what we think the Cowboys record is going to be. I'm excited. Uh, we also briefly talk about the uh, Cowboys uh, schedule release video. Uh, previous year they did. It was Post Malone. Who did it and then that one was really funny to me then it was uh stephen a smith uh you know he did he, uh, the video for the cowboys and then this year they used uh taylor sheridan the creator of yellowstone which is i will admit a show that i watched uh i thought it was actually pretty good the first three seasons first season was pretty rough to get through but it got better and by the time you got to the end of season, you were enjoying it. And season two was really, really good. Season three was was the peak. And then after that, it fell off of a cliff because it's really bad. It's a terrible show. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of committed or vested in it now. But we'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, that's not what this episode is about. It's about the Cowboys uh, draft class and it's about their schedule. So, we're going to get into it. Uh, joined by my brother, Corey. Appreciate him jumping on. Go try to get him and a few other Cowboy fans on this season and uh, be able to talk to them and hear their thoughts on what they think about the team. And, boy, it's rapidly approaching. I cannot wait. Um, also, I'll give a small mini review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I did see opening weekend. And uh, I'm looking forward to having an episode where I review it with my brothers and <clears throat> share our full thoughts on the movie. So let's get into it. It's the Zero to 100 podcast, draft and schedule, talking Cowboys.
It's the Zero to 100 podcast, and I'm back, joined by my brother, Corey. What's up, Corey? Hey, what's up? So I meant to have you on earlier, but I didn't get a chance to um, touch base with you, and, and uh, hopefully Greg can jump on later. Uh, but I wanted to start talking about the Cowboys draft and um, see what your thoughts were. So they drafted... Let me see here. They're, so here's their draft class with their first round pick. They took the defensive tackle from Michigan State, Mozzie Smith, at 26. In the second round, they took tight end from Michigan, Luke Schoonemaker, at 58. Uh, third round, they took the linebacker from Texas, DeMarvian Overshone, at pick 90. In the fourth round, they took a defensive Lyman from, I want to say Fresno State. I had to look it up to be sure. Uh, his name is uh, Viliami Fahoko at 129. It was an offensive tackle from North Carolina in the fifth round. Asim Richards at 169. At the beginning of the sixth round, they took cornerback Eric Scott Jr. And then uh, also in the sixth round, they took uh, Kansas State running back Deuce Vaughn, and then they ended it taking wide receiver Jalen Brooks at pick 20, 244. So I know you didn't go into like details of seeing everybody or kn even knowing some of the people. In fact, a lot of the people I didn't know, uh, but there was a few, like their first three picks, I knew who they were. Uh, what did you think of their first round pick, the defensive tackle Mozzie Smith from Michigan? Well, it, I can't remember who I was hoping that they would have drafted. I guess I was hoping they would have took Nolan Smith. But um, given, you know, what they have and how they kind of struggled against the run last year, it seems like a good pick because um, they talk about, I guess, how athletic or, or how much of a freak athlete he is. And so um, – Hopefully, you know, he can come in and eat up blocks and keep the linebackers clean and allow them to make more plays. And if they can, um, you know, if they can hold up better against the run, uh, I like their pass defenses. They got a good pass rush and then add in uh, Gilmore. Um, I think Bland hopefully will be better um, since he had more playing time than they originally thought he would. Um, so I, I, I wasn't like, um, I guess, excited or wowed by it. But um, it it probably kind of feels like the Tyler Smith pick last year where, you you know, you were mm -hmm. kind of like, well, I was expecting or hoping for something a little different. But, you know, so I'm hoping that he ends up being, you know, uh, worthy of getting taken in the first round and kind of like fits right in um, in a surprising way like Smith did. Yeah, I, I was like, I was pretty happy with, the first round pick, I was kind of with you. I did want them, like, uh, the players that were there at the time was um, Nolan Smith, the defensive end from Georgia, and then the corner from Penn State, uh, Joey Porter Jr. I was kind of hoping mm. they would go that route. But I'm not against Mozzie Smith, especially with, like you said, they really struggled, especially down the stretch against the run, especially when uh, Hankins and Van Der Esch was out. So I we've been kind of screaming for it for a while for them to take a space eating 
defensive tackle that would allow their linebackers to to get around. And it's funny because right before the draft, Brian Baldinger, uh, Baldinger had put out a um a video like a, a Baldy's breakdown where he was talking about the Cowboys' defensive uh, personnel, and he was saying how he didn't understand how they didn't have like a true um, like one technique defensive tackle to take up space and allow Michael Parsons more freedom coming off the edge. And he was like, if they do that, then he's going to easily get 20 sacks. And he's like, um, like, I can't remember the way he described their, their decision was uh, it was something a little bit like, I can't remember what he said exactly. He's going to drive me crazy now. Cause he was just saying he didn't, he didn't understand why they had built their personnel that way. So, the fact that, like, for years the Cowboys never drafted a defensive tackle in the first round. In fact, this was the first defensive tackle they took in the first round since Russell Maryland all the way back in 1991. And I'm like, okay, finally you're taking it seriously because they've been drafting defensive tackles in, like, the third round or fourth round and later rounds and – Make thinking like, oh, that's gonna work, and then it never works. And you're like, well, yeah, you're not investing in it the same way that they invest in the offensive line. Like, sometimes you gotta make that investment. Um, Mozzie Smith he ranked 39 on Dane Brugler's top 100. And the other thing that uh stood out to me about Nazi or Mozzie Smith was that he's a like he's a freak for his size and like when they were showing some of his breakdowns, like the fact that he was benching uh, 325 pounds, like he, he did 25 reps of it. And you're like, what? Like that's insane to, to bench like 325 for 25 reps. Like that's crazy. And like, so he, he, I'm looking forward to see how Dan Quinn uses him. Uh, And that's the other reason why I feel encouraged in fact, like, what do you think? Because the crazy thing about the draft is the majority of their picks, like, you know, so I'm, let's see, is one, two, three. Three of their first four picks was defense, which is mm-hmm. crazy because defense wasn't the problem to me last year. And so what do you feel about them giving Dan Quinn, like, more weapons on defense or more ammunition on defense? I feel, I guess, like, I feel good about it to some degree because, like, the offense, I feel like um, the only thing they were missing was maybe, like, another consistent playmaker outside of um, C.D. Lamb and Pollard. And Mm -hmm. now the fact that they didn't go running back in this draft until super late, I'm hoping is a sign that, Pollard is, you know, going to be healthy sooner rather than later or, or you know, because it, it, it seems tough, like, getting injured in the playoffs. It, it seems unrealistic that he would be ready to go week one. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe he's, you know, further along or better than, than we would think. And so it's just like if they had enough, and them signing Cooks in the offseason and, um, you know, I, I like uh, the tight ends that they already had, like, Hendershot and Ferguson, they didn't get a lot of targets, but they seemed athletic when they did get chances. Um, so I'm not upset about them letting Dalton Schultz go. So 
you know, like it, it, they probably, you know, need one more dynamic playmaker. Maybe that's what Cooks will be. Um, so I, I think like, you know, the defense was already really good. Um, but if they're even better than they were last year, then that can only help the offense. Um, or particularly if they're struggling for whatever reason. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, you know, too upset about it because I, I don't think they like, you know, really missed out on anybody in the off season uh, or in the draft. Yeah, I think um, I was a little surprised because I felt like they needed like the only position I felt like they, I, I was hoping they would really address was offensive line, uh, like left guard, and and. When I was like, I didn't particularly care for the second round pick, Schoonermaker. It wasn't because I didn't think they needed a tight end, or I, it's not even that I dislike Schoonermaker. Because when you look at his, uh, you know, the scouting report on him and and the way the people that was breaking him down, he looks like he can play. Like he looks like one of the ways I heard him describe was that he was a better version of Dalton Schultz. And Dalton Schultz wasn't a okay. bad tight end, but I didn't think he was that great either. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a he's really good at run blocking. He's got good hands. He could make plays, but they just didn't really throw him the ball because that wasn't Michigan's uh, offense. Um, but the reason why I was a little upset about it was because one, I, like they had uh, Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, was there, and I thought, okay, well, you know, I heard them talking about possibly taking him in the first round, and I was like, well, he's sitting there in the second. Well, then, boom. Mm -hmm. Then you fix your left guard spot. And the other thing, like, I really like Darnell Washington, the tight end from from Georgia. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, come to find out that teams was passing on him because he had a apparently a knee issue that popped up in the process. But, you know, the Steelers got him in the third, and that's why I was kind of like, why don't you take the guard there? And then you get him in the third, but uh, you know, but I guess the other thing is, like, I do trust Will McClay because mm-hmm. he does draft well, especially in the first round. Uh, the second round, I do think their their track record isn't as great. But yeah, after you know what they did last season, I feel pretty good about it because I like I like Sam Williams. That was their second round pick last year, and mm-hmm. like, what are, what is your thoughts on this? Because this drives me crazy during draft season um when people be like oh you want to get good value you want to get value so because one of the knocks people were saying about schooner maker was oh i had a third round grade on him you took him too early i i guess my thing is if you like a player or you identify the player that you really want to get sometimes you don't know if that player is going to make it to you in that thing so why don't you just take the player yeah. in? That was one of the things they were saying about Sam Williams last year that was driving me crazy, where it was, uh, I have a third-round grade on Sam Williams. I would have liked the pick, but I would have liked it if it was in the third. What's the point? Like, if you get the player that you like, why yeah. does it particularly matter when you get them? Because that, that was so dumb to me last season. Like, people were like, oh, I like Jalen Tolbert. And then I like Sam Williams. If they had flipped it and took Tolbert in the second and Sam Williams in the third, I'd have been okay with it. What? Like, why does it matter? You got both. Yeah, guys. and plus, I'm just like, you never know. I mean, there's so many examples of, of players getting drafted early and busting, and then, you know, players coming out of nowhere or being undrafted. Like, you know, it, 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 
it, it, like our, the the situation matters too because like I think a lot of times with quarterbacks it's better to get drafted later because you're probably mm-hmm. going to a better team yeah. than to get drafted super early like unless a good team for some reason traded up uh, really high to get a quarterback mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's it, you just never know like with the players how they're going to develop how they'll fit with a scheme. You know what their work ethic will be once they get there, or what kind of coaching they get. So, yeah, I mean it's 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 all just a crapshoot. Like you know, if you look back at over the years, all the different quarterbacks that got drafted and where they went and stuff, and it's you know, sort of the hit rate is probably fifty fifty or worse. It was like, <laughs> um, like Mita Kimes is somebody who I like to follow on Twitter. And it was like it was funny to me because she had uh, made a comment about the the Detroit Lions draft, and you know everybody was talking about because they drafted yeah. a running back at twelve, and then their second pick in the first round they took a running hit linebacker Jack Campbell, and but later they was able to get uh, you know some real I guess value picks uh, like you know they took Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa, who I actually know that Dallas had really was really coveting and they was hoping he had, he would fall to them at 58 because, uh, in fact, they was leaking out there that they was even considering taking him in the first round. I don't know if they actually were. I think that was more smokescreen because they was trying to make teams think that they was going tight end in the first round. But they're like, oh, there's like, if you look at the Lions draft and you switch the order that these players was picked, I would have loved their draft. And I'm sitting there like, again – so you you're happy like if they have the same players, that it doesn't matter. They got the play exactly. Like that's that's why I was like that doesn't make any sense. I was like, why would you care? It's like if you got the players, why would it matter? Yeah, like if you said you know they could have waited on this player and instead of you know taking a running back at twelve, they should have took you know what whoever. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah the, like if you can't, like if you say that you like all the players, then it doesn't really matter what order they get picked in. You exactly, know, they're, they're on the team. Possibly. Exactly, and that's that's the thing that that gets me. So, one of the players, um, you know, I will say that I'm excited about that. I think will end up being a steal is uh, Deuce Vaughn, the running mm-hmm. back from uh, Kansas State. Uh, like he was a beast at Kansas State, and it was funny. Like going into the draft, I was—I remember when I was doing all these different mock drafts, I was mocking the Cowboys to take him late. Uh, so he was the—I <clears throat> I think the biggest knock, or in fact, the only reason why Deuce Vaughn fell all the way to the six like he did, was because he's five foot five. So yeah. he's—you know—he's the shortest player. Did you see the video? Because uh, his dad, I guess, is in the scouting yeah. department or yep. whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that before. That day. was dope. It was. Yeah, it was very cool, and it was. It was so funny because he was actually interviewed by um, the DallasCowboys.com uh, media staff. Like they, when they they do their draft show, they was interviewing all the different uh, scouting personnel for the Cowboys, and it was it was interesting when they was interviewing him, and they was talking about his son because. You know, he was he was projected to go in like maybe the third, back of the third, fourth, fifth round, or fourth or fifth round, and he hadn't been drafted yet. And so he was like, they were like, Oh, how do you, you know, deal with that with your son? And he, you know, is he disappointed? And 
you know, he was saying he was definitely disappointed, but he he was telling them how it's it's good to it'll motivate you. It'll be you'll be hungrier, and then you know you got to work harder and stuff like that. And this, it was very interesting when they was talking to him about the story. Like he was, uh, I can't remember who was interviewing him, but they had asked him how did he go about. Um, excuse me. Actually, I'm sorry. They was interviewing Will McClay on one of the uh, stations down in Dallas, and they was asking him how did they go about deciding to draft Deuce Vaughn, and did they keep it from his dad? And he said it was it was so interesting because he was like, you know, he, they 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 knew they was going to draft him but they didn't want to immediately tell his dad. And so they were talking to, they were talking about these other defensive players, even though they, they had Deuce Vaughn as the highest rated player on their board. And so that's the real reason they was drafting him, not just to, you know, help his dad, but because he was Mm -hmm. the highest rated player on their board. But he said they was talking about all these defensive players. And then they went to uh, Chris Vaughn, his dad and said, so, Hey, what do you think? And he was like, he, he was real professional about it. He was like uh, saying, oh, yeah, you know, this this guy is good. And he, boy, well, Clay said, if it was my son, I'd be like, you need to draft my son. Like, that's what you need to draft. But yeah. he was so impressed with Chris Vaughn because he was so professional about it. So I, I, I'm really rooting for him. I yeah. mean, he looks like. He he looks like especially if you watch the highlights from him, man, he's he's a beast. Like he looks Yeah, I saw some highlights on Reddit and then they were showing uh, I can't remember where I saw like his stats up against like the best schools. Yes. He was put, putting up big numbers against you know the best competition. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about it and um it, I, I'm interested to see like who the running backs are gonna be because mm-hmm. like Pollard because what he he like broke his Broke his leg. Did he tear some yeah. ligaments? Yeah, he, so. he broke his leg. He didn't tear any ligaments, which is a good okay. thing. So, yeah. Okay. It was, it so, was maybe that's like, why they – okay. Yeah. Like, it, it was, um, you know, the one guy I follow, uh, Patrick Nosey Walker, was saying how he, he you know, it was – if if you're going to get a bad injury, it's better to have something like that as opposed mm-hmm. to him, like, tearing a, yeah. tearing an ACL or something like that. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm excited about that. The other interesting thing, and I don't have a list in front of me, all the undrafted free agents that they took. And I know everybody will be like, oh, undrafted free agents, what's the point? Like, it, it was somebody on Twitter I saw was like, why do people care about undrafted free agents? They're not going to make the team. And I'm sitting there like, freaking Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent. Like, yeah. Sometimes. Austin Eckler. Yeah. Like, it's, it's plenty of. James Robinson. Yeah. And even if they don't go on to have Hall of Fame careers, they can be very productive. You know? Exactly. And so yeah. it was it was some really nice uh undrafted free agents that they picked up, like uh Isaiah Land from Florida AM uh AMU. Uh mm-hmm. they was really hyping him because he was actually the um he was the best defensive player at um uh I'm trying to think of the conference that they were in. Is it the it's probably the if it's Florida A and M, it's probably the swag. Yes, the swag that's it. Me. It was the swag. It was the swag. Yeah, it was. He's the best defensive player in the swag. Like he had uh, ridiculous sack numbers. Like they kind of look at him. He he's listed as a linebacker, but they are probably projecting him as a defensive end. Um, and then the other big name 
if you want to think that everybody seen, especially Cowboys Twitter, seemed to be hyped about was this fullback from uh, North Dakota, uh, excuse me, North Dakota State, um, Hunter Lipke. And they were showing his highlights, and he was just like he, – he looked like he was a really good pass catcher. He could, you know, run, he could hit and block. So, it, you know, it will be interesting to see if they actually utilize a fullback as opposed to doing what they do with uh, having an offensive lineman is a, in the backfield mm-hmm. as a fullback and everything. So uh, – and then there was this one wide receiver from Fresno State uh, Jalen Marino Cropper, who everybody seemed to be fired up about, and was shocked that he didn't get drafted. So, you know, we'll, like I think that's one going to be one of the more interesting battles in camp is who's going to be like the fourth wide receiver behind uh, Lamb Cooks and Gallup because mm-hmm. Jalen Tolbert did not do anything, and yeah. you know everybody was high on him, but like David Moore, the beat writer for them, was saying how. They they had asked him, well, what's the deal with Jim? So what happened? And he was saying, I think what it is is it's a psycho. It was a psychological thing with him, where he, you know, he rose up. He went to a small school where he was the man, and he really didn't have any adversity. And then you get drafted in the third round, and you know their situation at wide receiver when they let Cooper go. And you just automatically assumed that he was going to get like a, a prominent role. But mm-hmm. there's other players, and you got to put in that work. And so he kind of had to reevaluate himself and, you know, had to rise to the challenge mentally, and he kind of didn't. But they think he'll bounce back this year. So, you know, we'll, that's going to be fun, just seeing who's going to be there. Yeah. As I said, I actually trust uh, Will McClay and this staff in terms of drafting now. Now, granted – um, they, I mean, track record-wise, they've done a phenomenal job in the first round in particular. It was um, it was somebody down at the station in Dallas for the, uh, the ticket that actually did a really good breakdown of the Cowboys' uh, first-round um, draft selections over, I believe it was the last 10 years or, or uh, might have been only seven years. But the point is, it was when Will McClay kind of came in there and really took over, and it was just really pointing out that um, – you know, the Cowboys have really been at the top of players that they've gotten that have been very solid to great contributors for first-round picks. You know, outside of uh, Taco Charlton, um, they've done a really, really good job of drafting in the first round. Now, second round, it's been hit or miss. Like, it's not been anywhere near as great as a track record as the first round. Um, I would probably say their best second round uh, draft picks have been uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Trayvon Diggs. Um, trying to think who else is in the second round that they took. Like Tank Lawrence and Diggs are the ones that stand out. Sean Lee was a second round pick uh, who definitely would have had. I'm telling you, man, Sean Lee didn't have the injury problems that he had. I, I, do, I do not doubt that this dude would have been able to be a Hall of Fame linebacker is he was that good. So they've they've had some very solid picks in the second round. Just to me not anywhere near as as many as they have had in the first round. Um but they've made really good picks even in later rounds which they typically did not. Like usually it was like within the first 
three rounds or first four rounds is where you would see the Cowboys make make moves. But uh, last year's draft class, I thought, was very, very good. They did a great job with, with um, last year's draft class. Deron Bland, getting him in the fifth. Dude's a very solid contributor. Sam Williams in the second. That was another second-round pick that seems to be solid. Sam Williams in the second. And before we're so quick to dismiss the undrafted free agents, uh, it, it was so funny. Like I said, there was, you know, when I was talking to Corey, there was a guy that was like dismissing the undrafted free agents. And I'm like, Tony Robo is an undrafted free agent. Drew Pearson is an undrafted free agent. Now, Drew Pearson is way back then. But even still, it's like the point is you can find throughout the league, there are very solid undrafted free agents. And so, uh, you know, the rookie mini camp was this, uh, this week. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing all the, the write-ups about them, about the players, and seeing what they do. Um, you know, mandatory uh, OTAs, I believe, start in June. So, man, it, it'll be here before we know. A preseason starts in August. Training camp starts in July. It'll be here before we know it. I cannot wait. And, in fact, talking about cannot wait, also, this past like I, this past Thursday, the Cowboys' schedule was released, and me and my brother Corey get into it. Talking Cowboys, let's get into the 2023 schedule for the Dallas Cowboys. You're listening to the Zero to 100 podcast. All right, let's get into the schedule that dropped today. And uh, in fact, I'm going to play. Let me play the video that they had for this this season with the uh, schedule release. Because last year they did, it was uh, it was Stephen A. Smith doing his thing, uh, you know, trolling the Cowboys. And, and before that, it was um, – the year before that, it was um, Post Malone. So this one, I think they – yeah, they went with uh, Yellowstone and the – creator of Yellowstone, Taylor Sheridan, but I'll play this and then we can, I'll get your thoughts on it. So because this is an audio medium, I'm not going to sit here and play the reaction like during it because me and my brother literally just sat there and watched the video and then we talked about it afterwards. So just to give a quick description of what it was, which compared to the uh, Post Malone and the Stephen A. Smith video, I didn't think it was that great, especially when you look at what other teams did, like the my favorite by far was the um, San Diego Chargers doing anime for the second year in a row, which was really, really funny the first time. Very funny this time around. But without hands down, the team that won schedule release this year was the Tennessee Titans, which uh, was absolutely hilarious where they was talking to different people on the street, uh, like a fa- like a big main street there in um, Tennessee, Nashville which is known as the bachelorette capital of the world. Uh, and so they were asking them, they were putting up an NFL team's logo. And then, uh, as you know, because as it correlated to the Titans schedule, and, and asking, well, who, who team is that? And then taking all the funny responses, the people that clearly did not know football or know what the team was. But they hands down won. So anyway, in this uh, video that the Cowboys released, it was Taylor Sheridan. He had a mix-up where he got the Cowboys schedule and then the Cowboys had, Jerry Jones had his script for Yellowstone. And so he did this thing where he's like, hey, come out to the team and audition some of my players. And it was pretty funny. Like, they go through some of the players. Some of them could actually act. Some of them 
to me, not so much. And um, <laughs> at the end of it, Jerry Jones comes out and gives this whole speech to talk about how the Cowboys are very similar to the Yellowstone characters and Dutton Ranch and Bill and the Brain and all this stuff. So it was, it was really fun. I mean, I, I didn't think it was awful, awful, but it wasn't as good to me as the previous ones. So when we pick it back up, me and Corey are going to be sharing our reaction to it. All right. So you get the gist. Yeah, I thought it was all right because have you ever watched Yellowstone? No. Okay. So at the end, when they were showing all the games, that's actually how the titles come in for Yellowstone. It's like that same music and it's like that imagery of Cowboys. What was your thoughts? I will say what I thought was funny or what made me laugh was when Leighton Vanderess showed up. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's a cowboy. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know who that was. <laughs> I, I thought it was somebody from uh, Yellowstone or something. I didn't even know who that was. That was Vanderash. Oh, okay. That didn't make me laugh because I was like, you know what? Vanderash do look like. Like, it was, it just was funny to me that it was like the first white, like, you know, because Jake Ferguson was the first white guy to show up, but. The first mm-hmm. white guy to show up dressed like a cowboy was Vanderash, and he did look like he did look like if you ever watched Yellowstone, he did look like somebody that would be on that show. <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, some players can act, and some players can't. Yeah, because I love Dak, but I thought that was poor. Yeah. All right, but uh, I like the. Sam Irvin and Aikman and, and Emmett. oh yeah, that was, that was my favorite. Yeah, that was my yeah. other part because first off, Aikman, Irvin, and Emmett, and I was like, it is like nineteen ninety. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what mm-hmm. I'm, we're gonna get back there. But you can't, man. You throw Irvin in anything, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. But all right, so let me let's see. Let's take a look. So let's go through their schedule. Uh, so their first four, they open the season versus the Giants on Sunday Night Football at New York. Uh, week two, they play the Jets at home. Week three, they got the Cardinals, and then week four, they play at home versus the Patriots. What do you think their first four games? Where you, where would you put them? I had them. Uh, I have them at uh, four and out for the for the first four. At, at worst, three and one because I I don't know what the Jets are gonna be. I think they're probably not gonna be as good as everybody thinks. But that's uh, the only game that maybe they could lose just because who knows. I but, agree. Um, yeah, that's so all. I, I had a, I looked at it. I was like, man, that's a sweet. I was like, I feel pretty. Yeah. I was like four. I was like four and zero, three and one at worst. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about the Giants. Like, I know everybody's, oh, the Giants was good. I, to me, I, I, if you look at a lot of the games they won last year, and yes, they got in the playoffs, but they also got the perfect matchup for them yeah. to start. I mean, the Giants basically was like them, them early Patriots teams where it was like they just – did everything right or just enough to win or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't beat themselves. So yeah. the, I don't think they're really all that good or yeah. at least not not like on Dallas's level. Like they had the perfect team to play, which was the Vikings. Yeah. It was like 
who barely beat them. Like they needed a miracle field goal to um wait, was that did they lose to the Vikings? Yeah, they did, because he hit that like 60-something yard field goal to beat the Giants. So yeah. Um, but then you saw when they played Philly, they got their door their doors blown off. Like they got killed. Yeah. Uh all right, so the next set is week five, Sunday night at San Francisco. Then they go uh, on the road Monday night at the Chargers. Then they get a bye, and then they play the Rams at home. What do you think there? Uh, let me, because uh, I had a schedule. I just lost it. Um, so it's three games because if, you know, what well, a bye is. Yeah, what the bye So. I say, I say two and one. Two and one. That it was. I was about to. You know what? I think they're gonna beat the Niners, man. The Niners ain't ain't that much better than Dallas. They, they just like if Dallas is healthy, is that game? Is that in San Francisco? Or is yeah, it it's at San Francisco. Yeah, I don't care. I I, I like our chances because like. The two, the past two years in the playoffs, like the games, Dallas really kind of lost it themselves. Yes. In yes. in San Francisco being like that much better than them. Yes. So I, I like our chance. Plus, like, who knows what that quarterback situation gonna be? Like, the, you know, they they may be having Sam Darnold out there. So yeah, you know, what? I'm gonna say three and zero. You know what? Because. I'm happy they're playing San Fran early in the season. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Because especially yeah. if you look at the Niners, they kind of struggle at the beginning early. of the year. Yeah. Like, they usually turn it on down the stretch, and then they kind of mm-hmm. get on a roll down the back end of the season, and then they, they get hot at the right time. Um, I feel good about San Fran. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm also, especially because that's going to show me is this Dallas different? Because now you got Mozzie Smith, you got you know new weapons. Because yeah, if Tony Pollard didn't get hurt in that division, yeah. yeah, we win that game. I yeah. just I'm I'm convinced of it. Like I don't, I feel like they win that game if Tony Pollard doesn't get hurt. And yeah, I, so that that's I feel good about that, and I got them three and zero. I do because yeah. I'm I'm not really worried about the Chargers, even though. I like just mm-hmm. like Justin Herbert's my favorite non-Cowboys quarterback, but mm-hmm. I just feel good about it. And I don't think the Rams are gonna be good. Um yeah. all right. So next they got at Philadelphia. Uh that's a Sunday night. Or actually, no, I'm sorry, that's just a regular Sunday game. I thought it was Sunday night. So it's at Philadelphia. Um, then they go home against the Giants at Carolina, then Thanksgiving versus Washington. I say three and one. Because, like, I looked overall at the schedule mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I feel like they'll split with the Eagles. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give them the home game or whatever. So I yeah. say three and one during the stretch. I agree. I, I, I had three and one there because I, I think they're going to sweep the Giants. Mm-hmm. I just, they own the Giants. I'm not worried yeah. about Carolina. I'll yep. I'll get the Eagles that win. I'll say the Cowboys lose to the Eagles at home. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, on the road. I'll give them that one. Thanksgiving versus Washington. I know Washington is sitting there thinking like, oh, we beat the crap out of them at the end of the season. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm I'm not worried about Washington. Yeah, that ish didn't mean nothing to me. Uh, then okay, so then the, the next they got <clears throat> Thursday night at home versus Seattle. So I'm at least happy that if they're doing the Thursday Thursday again, that mm-hmm. they at least are at home back to back as opposed to like how it used to be. They would play Thanksgiving and then they would have to turn around and go on the road the next Thursday. Yeah. So they got Seattle at home. Then they got uh, the Eagles at home. On Sunday night, that's December tenth. Uh, then they have at Buffalo, December seventeenth, at Miami, Christmas Eve, and then they finish with uh, Detroit on Saturday, December thirtieth, and then their last game of the season is Washington. So Seattle home or home against Seattle. Home against Philly, on the road versus Buffalo and Miami. Home against Detroit on the road versus Washington, and that's the last five. That's six. Is that six? One. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, that is six. I'm sorry, that's the last six games. Yeah, Seattle, Philly, Buffalo. So really, like the only. The only opponents that concern me is Buffalo are, and Miami. Yeah. You know, but Miami, I'm like, you know, who knows if Tua is still be playing at that point. I don't know who, mm-hmm. who their backup is. Um, oh, I think it's uh, uh, Taylor Heineke is their back. Is the no, backup, no, it's so. um, it's what's his name? Um, is it still Bridgewater? Taylor Heineke Heineke went to uh, Atlanta. I think it's Bridgewater. I think it's Mike White. Oh, okay. Well, I want to be. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. I want to be sure. So, yeah, now, like Miami, I was in Detroit. They're better, but their their defense, I I feel like, is. uh, I think that Detroit game will probably be a shootout, and I like Dallas. Yeah. So, at that last six, I say four and two. You know, yeah. It, yeah. I got. Unless like the maybe the last game don't mean nothing in it. Uh, exactly. You know, That's yeah. what I'm saying. So. I like their chances versus Seattle. I got mm-hmm. them beating Philly at home. Yeah. I got them losing to Buffalo only because it's December. It's. Man, no cats might yeah. have a blizzard up there. That's the only yeah. reason why I got that one as a loss. Um, I'm not overly concerned about Miami, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not overly concerned about Miami to be real. So I, I yeah, I, I say they let's see this one, two, two and one, three and one, four and one. And I think they might like the last game, I don't think it's gonna mean anything. So I have solidly one, two, I got three losses at the most. So that's 14 and three. 
I mean, they they finished. They've won twelve games in back yeah. back years, and in all honesty, they really should have won at least. Like, there's two games in particular last season they should have won. They should have beat Green Bay, mm-hmm. and they should have beat Jacksonville. Yeah, and if you yeah. don't lose those two games, you're fourteen and three. Yeah. So and then even the, even the Washington game, like the. I don't know why they play like crap, but whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's like so yeah, like even if if you go off of like just give them twelve wins, and yeah. uh, or then yeah, yeah, like because like I, I I feel like the division they could go six and zero, but they're gonna get at least five. I would yes. say yes, and then you know you got a bunch of bum teams like the Cardinals and Panthers, Rams. Yeah, yeah. I like the yeah. Tough, the toughest games to me is Jets, Niners, Eagles, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. So and and you know what? Everybody is hyping the crap out of Detroit. They're mm-hmm. hyping them a lot. Like you saw that Detroit is actually opening the season at Kansas City. Yeah, like that's the first game of the season. So I mean, look, I but like this. It. Might be this might be just like the Browns that year. They came yes. back uh, from the playoffs, and everybody was all hyping them, and then they was garbage. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like Jared Goff is still Jared Goff. Like, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like everybody is hyping Detroit, but it's almost like I feel like they hyping Detroit too much. Like it's mm-hmm. a little, it's a little too much hyping them. Because I think they're good. I think they're gonna be decent, like especially offensively. I, I mean, I, I'll admit Detroit got a nasty offense, without mm-hmm. question. But their defense was not very good last year. Yeah, like it was really bad. So we'll we'll see. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, what the Cowboys do this year. And uh, yeah, we'll get it. Yeah, yeah. I feel pretty good. But all right, Core, I appreciate you taking the time and jumping on. Right. Uh I'll have yeah. you back on uh when you see go when you go see Guardians, cause um me and Rick saw it and I don't want to say anything until you okay. see it. So all right, man. All Thanks right, so much. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace. So that's gonna yeah. do it for the Zero to One Hundred Podcast. Big shout out and thanks again to my brother Corey for jumping on. So yeah, we're yes, we're optimistic. Am I overly optimistic when it comes to the Cowboys? Typically, yes, but they finished this two straight back-to-back seasons of 12 wins, and I think this team has actually gotten better, especially adding Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks and uh, shedding some other players and just the draft class that they added. Uh, Michael Parsons has been getting me super fired up with his offseason videos, and I just think he is going to absolutely destroy in year three. Uh, he's, you know, finished runner-up in Defensive Player of the Year uh, two years in a row once as a rookie. I just feel like he is, I, I, I think he's going to get it. I am super, super fired up for it this season. So, when I looked at the Cowboys' schedule, I was sitting there thinking, and I was looking at it, I was like, the only games that truly, truly c- 
concern me the most are San Fran on Sunday night, Philadelphia, you know, at Philadelphia Sunday night, and at Buffalo in December. Like, I know that the Jets game in week two is probably going to be a tough game because their defense is legit. And now it looked like they were just missing a quarterback. And even though Aaron Rodgers is definitely on the downward trend and he's older, he can't be worse than Zach Wilson. Like, that's really what it comes down to. Um, but I still feel good about that game uh, for the Cowboys. And I will say this. The only weird thing, like, I, I, you know, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys pretty much own the Giants. So I was hoping it was a different team to play. Uh, at the beginning of the season, um, only and the only reason I say that is because I'm very superstitious. I'm a jinx type person, and the, the last uh, couple of years, especially under I believe, I know it was definitely under the Garrett era. Uh, McCarthy, I'm really trying to think. I I don't think I've seen him win the first game of the season since McCarthy has been here. Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, like. I don't think I've seen him win the first game of the season. So, the only re- and the only reason I'm saying that is because I'm a very superstitious person. And the every time the Cowboys have lost the first game of the season, they've made the playoffs. And so that's why the only reason I'm I'm slightly like superstitious sports wise is like they every time they lost, they made the playoffs. And then the few times that they won the first game. The season they didn't make the playoffs, so that that's why I'm like, come on, I, I'm I was slightly troubled by, it. but listen, I would prefer them to win the first game of the season, and in fact, to just go off it like four, start off four and zero, that would be great. I would love that. So get a nice streak going. I'd be very happy with that. So uh, I'm determined to go to a game this year, but I haven't decided what game I want to go to. It's sucks to me and it's incredibly frustrating that I live here in Philadelphia and yet I've never seen a Cowboys team play in Philadelphia. I did go to a game when they were when they played uh what was then the Washington Redskins. That was oh, such a blast. It was Sunday night. It was awesome. Even though the Cowboys didn't win that game, I still had a great, great time. Uh and that that was where I also realized the downside of actually watching the game live because you don't get the immediate knowledge of what's going on. It was a crazy game. It was a game where the Cowboys were um, struggling to beat. It was then the Donovan McNabb-led Washington Redskins, and they were driving at the end of the game to um, to try to score a touchdown and win the game. And I'm sitting there watching them march down the field, and they're going, and the security guards and police are lining up the vi- you know up the visitor tunnel so you know fans don't get too rowdy or whatever and we're because we were in the visitors end zone and we're sitting there like watching them drive down the field and i'm like holding my hands and praying crossing my fingers all this stuff and the last play you know it's the last play because they didn't have any more time and romo is running around it looks like a slow motion he throws to the end zone and I see Roy Williams catching what I thought was a game-winning touchdown. And I'm going bananas, and I'm going nuts. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, we just won this game. And 
all of a sudden I see all the Redskins players running on the field celebrating and the people in the stands celebrating. I'm like, what? what's going on? Why are they celebrating? And it's because I'm there live and I did not know that they had thrown a flag and it was holding on Alex Barron and the touchdown didn't count and it was awful. So it was like, I was like, the initial thing was upset, but I still had so much fun there and my voice was gone for like a day because I was screaming so much. It was just, so I definitely want to try to go to a game this year. Just don't know which one I'm going to go to, but it's going to be a blast. So what are your thoughts? What, are, what do you think about the Cowboys draft class? What do you think the Cowboys record is going to be? Like I said, they finished back-to-back 12-win seasons. I think they can improve upon it because I actually think this team has gotten better. Man, I just, I'm fired up. I can't wait for it to get here. Who would you have preferred to see the Cowboys start the season with? Um, you know, just share your thoughts. Email the show at 0to100pod at gmail.com. It's 0 to 100 pod at gmail.com and make sure you follow me on twitter at wcw oh before i go i almost forgot like i said i did want to share my brief thoughts on marvel studios guardians of the galaxy volume 3 which was james gunn's last movie for marvel studios and the end of the guardians of the galaxy trilogy at least this version of the guardians of the galaxy i'll say this I am not as down on Marvel Studios as many others are, but I will say that they have not been able to hit the consistent level that they've been hitting ever since Endgame. Um, I mean, outside of Spider-Man Far From Home and Spider-Man No Way Home, I just felt like they weren't hitting it like they weren't hitting the mark now i did not hate quantum mania i enjoyed quantum mania very very much but i did not like um thor love and thunder i did not like black panther wakanda forever i did enjoy dr strange and the multiverse of madness i thought that was really good um but man i look i flat out Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I'm going to go into much more detail when I have the review with my brothers. Uh, But I highly, highly enjoyed that movie. I recommend you going to see it. It looks like I felt good as where um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania started off this latest phase for the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And while Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 doesn't really touch anywhere near the multiverse thing, I think that was actually a benefit for it. But man, it was it was top notch. It was really, really good. And I can't recommend it enough. So that is my mini review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I am going to go into much more detail when I have the full review with my brothers. And uh, that's probably going to be probably uh, at least a... I, you know, I want to get it out before the, the two-week time frame. I've been doing an episode every two weeks late right now. And so I, I probably want to try to get it out within a week as opposed to two weeks. But I am going to be down in Jamaica this week. First time I've ever been to Jamaica. So I'm super excited about that. And I'm going to come back and share the details. Probably have my wife on. And we're going to talk about our trip to Jamaica. So very, very much looking forward to that. 
You're li- you've been listening to the Zero to One Hundred podcast. This has been episode one hundred and one. Talking Cowboys. We out.